Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. Chris Hemke. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Guys, we've been having a great month over here at the show. Uh, our listeners have been given... Yeah. Two months at this two point. Two months, right. Yep. Just, just, you guys have obviously been really happy with the content. We're, we keep getting a ton of Facebook messages. I got a special announcement. We're going to be launching a Facebook group for Diesel Performance Podcast uh, in the next week or so here. Nice. I didn't know about that. <laughs> I thought I'd, I'd drop it right here at the top of the no. show. Uh, you'll be able to search Diesel Performance Podcast Q&A. Okay. Uh, so go ahead and do that once this show is out. It'll be coming out by the end or by June 20th. We'll have it live. Say by, by July 1st, knowing you. So right, right, by right. Jul- yeah, by sounds, July 1st. Sounds right. Yeah. Uh, so by July 1st, sure, why not? Uh, we're going to have a group up this group is going to be for you guys to come on and ask absolutely any question you have nobody will ever tell you to use the search bar nobody will ever tell first-time users you you know try doing some research before you ask a question here no this is going to be a group to answer absolutely any question you have about your truck if we don't know the answer we're going to find somebody who, who does and we're going to get that posted for you guys the great thing here is is about we it's paul <laughs> so this is paul doing this and paul will come to me and ask questions if he needs but that's awesome that yeah. you're doing this man yeah yeah i think it's going to be fun i think it'll be great to to because we already get a ton of questions no, we, we definitely uh, do just through the duramax calibrated are. channels and things like that and facebook and my thought is like know. hey man let, let's put all these out there let's create a community yeah. let let's let's all share this info together yeah. also i'm hoping that we can get some really knowledgeable listeners on there to answer some of these questions so i don't have to do it all that's probably not going to happen right but i, I don't know it, anyone that would want to help you it, okay right. fair enough god damn it but no and then that's really cool because then that helps <laughs> us with more content like it, it, it helps us it helps them it helps everyone yeah and you know maybe build a little community around that with all of our you know great listeners which me and paul definitely appreciate and j bone justin our producer so. That's right. And uh, hey, speaking of Justin, you know, usually we have him work on some some nice special uh, kind of commercials for our sponsors. Yeah. Today's episode, we got the winner of Diesel Power Challenge 2019. Yeah. I know the listeners want us to get, get right to it. Yep. So I'm just going to do a couple of quick plugs, and then we're going to jump into our interview with DPC 2019 uh, winner. Sounds good to me. All right. So first up, we got Jason Worley over at WC Fab and all the Worley brothers. Yeah. Um Guys, this is we say it every week, man. This is where we go for anything that they offer. Yeah. Uh, if we need something powder coated, Whirly Custom Powder Coating. If we need twin turbo kits, S three hundred installs, intercooler kits, piping, up pipes. I mean, pretty much anything air related uh, for a Duramax or a Cummins. You know, they offer really nice traction bars as well. Um, and like you touched on with the powder coating, I mean, they have like 300 different colors and they can pretty much do anything as a hybrid in between. Like it, it is insane what they have to offer. So they can definitely be your one-stop shop for any Cummins or Duramax need. Um, then they do some off, off the chart stuff. They do some 2.8 stuff now. And I know that they've played with some of the Ford stuff in the past also. So yep. definitely well-rounded over there. Those guys are awesome. You said it well, man. You said it well. Uh, and speaking of another group of guys that are awesome, Exergy Performance. Yeah. There are other sponsor here on the show. Uh, Chris, you have Exergy products in your truck? Yeah, my uh, my Duramax and Cummins are both hosted with uh, Exergy, Exergy fuel systems. Uh, probably for the last seven years, any of the vehicles that I've had where I've had to upgrade or replace, they've always been uh, Exergy parts. Why do you keep going back? Consistency. Uh, I think back on like my 0759 when I built that, and I spec the fuel system accordingly for the turbo setup. And I remember me and Nick playing on the dyno. You know, we were just you know playing with the tune and. Uh, the tune was predictable. You know, I, I know what a healthy set of injectors at X pulse with an X timing with a specific turbocharger should make. And, you know, they were right on the money. And that's, that's why 
I recommend it to customers as well as the shop here, you know, recommends it to customers because if we're putting our name on something, you know, and we're doing a build or we're recommending a product to a customer and then we do the tuning on that, you know, we just want to make sure we could back up what it is that, you know, we're setting up for the customer. So we've seen it a hundred times over on the dyno. It's tested, it's proven, tried and true. They're a great group of guys. They stand behind their products, which very rarely is it, are you able to get someone on the phone about their product and they're knowledgeable, but they're willing to take the time to answer the questions and, and feed and beat ideas off of one another, um, whether it's diagnostics or just the setup of the truck. So, I mean, I'm going to be a customer of theirs for life. Absolutely correct. And hey, man, uh, our last sponsor is, of course, Duramax Tuner and Calibrated Power. They're the ones who really make this show happen. Uh, they they also employ Chris, myself, yeah. our producer, Justin. Uh, they're, they're the the heart and soul of, of this show. Mm -hmm. uh, so a big shout out to Duramax Tuner, Calibrated Power. Hey, speaking of Calibrated Power, they're the ones who actually make our live interviews possible. So let's get to it. All right, guys, and Calibrated Power presents our next segment here. We're going to be talking to the winner of Diesel Power Challenge, Richard. I, I spent the week with you, man. It was so exciting to see that 06 LBZ just kicking ass and taking names all week at dpc man i tell you what it, it was a blast and uh, the best way to put it is is i'd rather be lucky than good any day so i, I think we're lucky in a few situations for sure well you definitely <laughs> weren't lucky spending the week with paul let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> we 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 had a lot of fun out there uh richard and his twin brother uh, a riot and the, their whole pit crew just just a, a blast to hang out with a blast to see all their shenanigans uh on and off the track uh, I wanted to take a second here, just in case somebody's been living under a rock. Give us a rundown of your truck that you took to DPC to take home first place with. Sure. Um, it, it's a 2006 Raven Cab Chevrolet. Uh, got a SoCal Stage 2 rotating assembly in it, 472 in the valley, uh, forced induction, 491 over the top, uh, F1, 250% injectors, dual 10 millimeter pops, built transmission by Josh Harris at Top Notch Garage and House. Uh, I mean, it's uh, it's fairly simple, I guess is the best way to put it. It's, it's just just reliable enough to be very competitive. <laughs> uh, that's a good way to put it because it was reliable. It's one of the few trucks. I, I don't know if you guys put a wrench on the truck the whole week. Well, we well, unfortunately we did only because I ran out of time before having to drive to Denver. Uh, I needed to refresh a C3 clutch beforehand. I uh, didn't get a chance to do it, so we took the advantage of the time, but downtime after the dyno event, pulled it out, threw some fresh clutches in the C3s, and never touched it after that. <laughs> That's the way to do it, man. Uh, now, Sunday or day one of DPC is really just check-in, uh, so we didn't publish any podcast that day. We had a little mishap on, on some of our labeling, so if you guys are going to go back and listen to Richard's episodes, uh, look for live from the dyno, Richard Coker, dpc 2019 day one uh that's where you can actually hear me talking a little bit about richard's run it's a pretty short episode uh the, there was a piece at the end there where we were talking uh and i asked you how'd you do and you thought you had used 1.26 gallons uh correction there that was 0 0.26 gallons on the dyno test uh so let's let's jump over and hear that interview of myself and richard talking right now all right, and I'm here with Richard Coker right after we did the MPG segment of Diesel Power Challenge. How'd it go? It went great. I had one error. I think we did pretty good. How much fuel? I believe it was 1.2 gallons, so not okay. too bad. 
All right, man, that's really solid results. Now, this regular cab, tell me about the twin kit in here. Uh, it's a 472 and 491 from Force Inductions, and uh, it's a, it'll breathe a little bit of air. Yeah, no shit, man. You seem to have a pretty, I don't want to say easy time, but a pretty pretty good results out of uh, getting on it in some of those steep uh, acceleration runs. How'd it feel in the cab? Uh, you know, with the elevation, we really thought we was going to have a little bit of trouble, but uh, I think it picked up uh, decently on there and, and seemed to respond well. Now, this is a test in, in past years I had made fun of about who cares about MPGs when you're building a truck, you know, 800, 900, 1,200 horsepower. Uh, how much did you think about MPGs as you were putting this build together? I, well, I wasn't worried about it much at all, but uh, at the end of the day, it's all about efficient horsepower, right? And, and that's what it is, isn't it? We're starting to see this test. It's, it's a good torture test on the trucks. It's a good gut check. Who has a real daily driver? Who could actually put this much power on the street? And I think that's really what this test is showing. I agree 100%. Awesome, man. Did you think it was going to be easy, or was it uh, harder than you expected when you got here? I actually thought that was going to be uh, very challenging, and uh, there was a couple of challenging spots, but overall, I, I thought it was uh, very well-mannered. Well, hey, you did great so far. Best results of the day. Congratulations. We're excited to see you again on the dyno tomorrow. Sounds good. I appreciate it. No problem. All right, so so that was us talking about it. Now, Richard, you, you actually only used 0.16 gallons. You had one violation. That cost you a tenth uh, okay. of a gallon is, is how they figure it. And you placed fourth overall in that event. How, how did What did you really expect going into that, that first MPG test? Well, I, I was certainly expecting to be at the bottom of the spectrum, you know, being uh, a little bit larger on the fueling and the, the compound setup and the air quality up in Denver. Uh, so we were a little bit surprised with what it used, but at the end of the day, it, it's, it, it all boils down to, you know, good tuning goes a long way, so it's much more efficient than what we realized. Absolutely. Uh, how was that test? Can you kind of describe it for somebody who's maybe kind of new to this world? <laughs> if, you have, if you have an attention deficit problem, it's probably not the test for you because you have to stare at a screen for 20 minutes and keep it between the lines. So it's sort of challenging <laughs> just to pay attention to the screen. Uh, but uh, it, it, as far as the varying speeds and stuff, it, it does a decent job, uh, you know, simulating on-road. It's not necessarily the way everyone would drive their vehicle, but it keeps it a level playing field and, and gives you some challenges to, you know, vary the speed and, and let you kind of show off how you're familiar with the pickup. You know, if you build something last minute, it's, it's very hard to know the pickup, how it's going to respond to keep it between those lines and stay within the spectrum. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Well, hey, you, you you are hanging right in there. Fourth place in this test with only one violation. It's no joke. Uh, what we saw this year was the level of competition was was definitely above and beyond from years in the past where you knew everybody who showed up was just desperate to win every single event. And, and you guys were, were in such a close pack with each other, even having the old 7.3 and the 12 valve mixed in with all the common rail stuff. Uh, it, it was really eye-opening to see these guys. There's there's a, a 0 0.1, a 0 0.18, and then three guys that are 0 0.24, 0 0.26, 0 0.28 on the fuel mileage. Wow. Uh, and that's figuring in with the violation. So it was just, it was a really tight pack of competitors. And coming out of that day, obviously it's the first day, it's the first event. Nobody knows what to expect. So we saw the 7.3 and the 12 valve do the best in fuel consumption. Uh, they, they also both drivers zero violations. Okay, so that that's a big part. Right, right. Uh, if you had no, if the violations didn't count anything, Richard's truck actually would have placed second overall in the event. Oh wow! Yeah.
so let's fast forward to day two. Uh, Richard, it's probably safe to say you have some experience uh, with the truck being on the dyno in the past? Uh, you know, it's been on the dyno maybe, I think, two times on the uh, in the current configuration, okay. and I've only ran it personally on the dyno once prior to going to Denver. Okay. So I, I wouldn't say a lot of experience, but, but we kind of had an idea of what to expect out of it. Well, then I'll believe you when you say you'd rather uh, be lucky than good, because Paul always uses that line, and it's worked well for him over the years. So <laughs> first place overall, uh, one run and done, and you laid down 1192 and... 2,300 foot pounds. Yes, sir. At, at, you know, we we used a 52 jet and an 88 jet, <laughs> and uh, basically what we consider our tune for. We had a little bit more fuel to go, and uh, at, at that power level, when you look at the corrected numbers, at almost 1,500 horsepower. Wow. Kind of the borderline of where we would crack a block or so with using the original LBZ block. So that that was our safe shot. If we needed to go more, we'd certainly push it, but yeah, that put us on top. So. You know, I, I really didn't see the need to push it any further at that time and, and gamble with it. No, I'd, I'd agree. And there's a couple of things I want to throw in here about the strategy. Number one, not the highest horsepower of the day. Well, it's common. The highest combined yeah. number, right? So we saw other guys uh, squeak past you getting into the 1200s, but that torque number just really ran up your, your combined total of 3506, and, and that's what carries the first place win in that category. Uh, now, now you also you went fifth, so you were you were dead center in the pack. Only four guys had gone before you when you, when you said, okay, I'm in first place walk away like only one run i thought it was really smart save the truck you knew you were going to be competitive in the racing and the things like that the next day was there any part of you that thought oh shit as, as some of those guys started creeping up on those horsepower numbers in that you know six through ten rotation <laughs> absolutely uh, yeah as everybody else piled onto the dial you know we uh, i kept watching it fairly close just to see if anyone was even coming closer or uh, right there with us. And there, there was certainly a couple of them that had the potential to beat us, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think we just, you know, we got very lucky with the decision that we made, for sure. Well, another one of the things that I noticed that really played into the strategy here was picking your RPM window. So when you go to the test, for most of the competitors, it's their first time ever operating their truck on a dyno. I know certainly here in-house, Chris, we would never let a truck, or we would never let a customer run their truck on our dyno. No. There's just too much liability to it. There's just we wouldn't let that happen. We actually have a full-time staff member to operate the dyno, yeah. um, so most customers just never get that experience. And picking that RPM window, you you pick it once. You run one or all three of your passes in that same window. Did you get some coaching on what what window to pick and and what RPMs uh, were you running for for the test? So we, we ended up going with. Uh, you know, starting at 2,400 RPM for the load cell to kick in. Um, we were having a heavy debate before we even got on the rollers to start around 2,200, 2,300. And uh, at the last minute, I decided just to play it safe, go with 2,400. Uh, you know, that, that 72 millimeter starts to light somewhere around 1,700, 1,800. So I, I just wanted enough room to where once we started to get a good load that that 91 millimeter was going to go ahead and start coming to life and ready to start laying down the power in the window that we needed so played it safe at 2400 it actually worked out well and where'd you run that out to Did you, i think just about everybody ran out to 4000 rpms uh, i pulled it down early uh, we've we ran that thing up to 4200 or so the power band stays flat so i, I 
I knew previously our, our peak power would be somewhere around uh, you know 3200 to 3400 or so and just stay fairly flat at that point so we stopped around 3600 nice okay that, that's one of the lower peak rpms i know a lot of the guys there i think just almost everybody else ran it out to about that four thousand rpm mark so it, it's nice to hear that you had some data to go on you know you already maybe not a, a ton of dyno passes like you yeah. said just a couple on the truck but you looked at what worked you you knew what to expect you knew how to get there uh how'd it feel to run the dyno i'll tell you what it, it's it's a little challenging and nerve-wracking at the same time but uh it's a lot of fun, and, and it actually it absolutely helps you, you know, figure out the pickup and how to run the pickup. And I'm sure there's tricks to, to every dyno and how they're set up and how to run it and kind of cheat the system. But uh, you know, as, as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's a unique experience for sure. <laughs> absolutely. And, man, I'll tell you what, from standing outside of the truck 15, 20 feet away, it was a violent sounding. Uh, this is what it sounded like. All right, so so that was our first two days. We just did one event each day. It honestly was long, grueling, hot days uh, for everybody there. You, you know, you, you see 10 trucks in the magazine, and you think, oh, we just got to put each one of them on a dyno, <laughs> but they get a 30-minute window. Some of the guys came off early. Some of the guys, um, you know, took all three passes. A lot of guys wanted to run fuel only and then step up their nitrous until that third run. So they'd run fuel only, and then they'd add nitrous, and then they'd – Give it everything wow. she's got on the third blast. Uh, so, so yeah, some different strategies we saw at play. But, man, I'll tell you what, that next morning we were over at the beautiful Bandemir Speedway. It, it's it's breathtaking to see the scenery there, right? You roll through Red Rocks, uh, okay. which, is, which is just an amazing area. You come into this this carving in the side of a mountain where they've put a racetrack. It, it's, it's really, really cool to see. Wow. And then we got kicked off right away that morning with eighth mile trailer racing. Now, Richard, I know your truck is set up for drag racing, and that's something that you and I had talked about uh, while we were there. But nobody's set up or prepared to go trailer racing. What was that like? <laughs> well, surprisingly enough, we, we've done it on some very mild horsepower uh, rigs. You know, fun maybe from stop sign to stop sign or something. So it. A uh, little, little bit of experience, just not at that much horsepower. <laughs> but uh, um, it, it was unique and a little, little terrifying at the same time because you know as soon as you start applying all that horsepower and you have that much resistance that typically a failure is going to occur. Oh, yeah. So it, it was a little nerve-wracking. Yeah, absolutely. So, so again, you went right in the middle of the pack. You were the fifth one to go out and run. Um really just just crushed the competition with a 1071 at 72 miles an hour man you you got a light little truck there was it squirrely with the trailer on was it was it hard to pilot that thing and keep it straight did it want to pull left or right or or, or burn out out of the box with the steering setup that we have on it it was actually straight as it could be the only problem i had was about 100 150 feet out or so once i locked the converter it actually broke all four tires loose so i had to to pedal a little bit and stay on top of the charger somewhat and come back into it without snuffing them. It was so nasty to see. I'm gonna have Chris. to watch that video clip. <laughs> that sounds interesting to say the least. Hit the Motor Trend YouTube channel. They have all of the live feed from those days, uh, and they'll be continuing to put out little pieces of uh, some of the event. 
man, and, and that was a tough event. Uh, it definitely, I think it worked a lot of the trucks hard. I think that's where Billy Hartzell lost a diff. Uh, so he was doing all of the rest of the heads-up drag racing and two-wheel drive. Uh, we, we started to see the wear on vehicles. But, yeah. but if I remember correctly, nobody blew up. We didn't have any, like, actual I'm-out-of-the-competition failures there. We did immediately find them afterwards. Surprisingly, not necessarily during drag racing, but during qualifying. Really? <laughs> yeah, actually, I think out of all the vehicles that ran, there was two front diff failures and then... Uh I believe Matt actually had a runaway on an oil leak on, on the turbo. That's right. So it, it, it was very interesting, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Matt Mayer, uh, runaway, blew up the turbo. Uh, Cody Lambert um, popped the motor. And Cody Pulliam uh, smoked the trans all during qualifying. None, none of those three. All of them qualified. So, so you take the 10, you, you run through qualifying. Your best eight qualifiers get to go into heads-up drag racing. Uh, once you're in the heads-up drag racing, then it's down through the brackets. Now, you went out and took three passes, and this is something I was really surprised by. You, 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 were, you were early out with a 1230 at 131 miles an hour. That was enough to qualify. You could have stopped right there, and I think you would have either made the top eight or you would have maybe had to make one more pass just to squeak in. Was that first run fuel only? Actually, all, all three qualifying passes were fuel only. Really? Uh, you know, it, it, the reason why we made three was just to kind of get a feel for the track and run it on street tires because, you know, normally it's accustomed to having a set of slicks on it. So it's a totally different animal leaving out a hole. So I, I just wanted to see where that where that high end was. So I gradually brought it up a little higher and higher as far as coming out of the hole and finally found that point of around 24, 25 PSI or so where it just wouldn't come out of the hole very well. Gotcha. Okay, because yeah, because I was tracking them there, and you were a, a twelve thirty at a, at one thirty one, eleven fourteen at one thirty four, and a ten seventy nine at one thirty two. To me, that says you're you're launching harder and harder each time. Is that is that kind of the scenario? Yes, that, that's just part of uh, part of the strategy going into it to see where where we could kind of push it and, and still remain safe to get a decent hold shot. Gotcha, gotcha. So Chris, I was checking them out in round one. Uh, they lined him up. He was first place qualifier. Okay. Of course, ten seventy nine, uh, and then they line him up with with the eighth place qualifier, Seth oh. Coons in a dually twelve valve yeah, extended yeah. cab. Yeah, silver truck, right? Silver dually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so not. I don't want to say not much of a race there. Seth's a great guy. It's a badass truck, but you're it just didn't that stand a, a you're chance. You're saying a twelve valve dually can't can't race hell? Could. Wow! Not, I'm gonna, not yeah, against Richard Coker okay, okay. at this race after that qualifying pass. Wow, dude! Paul, well, you're you got to watch it now, guys. That's that's usually the sleepers that'll catch up catch yeah. up to you pretty quick. The other ones are gonna be rolling through, making you look like a little bitch in front of your wife. <laughs> well, you know what? It it almost happened to you, Richard, in round two. Uh, Stephen Lucero, Stephen Lucero, with a with a lower qualifying time, a lower horsepower, a, a quad cab, short bed Cummins. It's a mega cab. Mega cab. Sorry. Um, he he almost got you, man. <laughs> he did. Uh, you know, I spun out of the hole on that one. Fortunately, uh, I think I treated him by about four tenths of a second or so at oh, the light. Wow. Uh, so, uh, and, and I panicked a little bit as soon as I seen him uh, starting to pull away from me uh, after spinning. Uh, I completely forgot to lock up the converter, so I just reached over there and grabbed a '52 jet, stayed the nitrous, and, <laughs> and drove around him with a big end, and ended up running 11.3 without converter locked up. 
Wow. It, it, it was a little nerve-wracking. I'm just picturing, like, the Fast and the Furious when they're going down the road and then dude's, like, hitting the nitrous button. Like, that, that's what I was just like. <laughs> it, it was straight up crazy. From standing up in the media tower, it looked like Steven Lucero won. It looked like an upset. They were wow. so close at the end of the track. I mean, Richard, you ran him down. No question there. Uh, but, yeah, it, it was a it was a very tough race, to say the least. Oh, that, uh, I mean, Absolutely. That, that's just insane, to say the least. And then, what? so round three, it was you and Andrew McCain, so another Cummins. Yeah, correct. And I, I, I'll give it to Andrew. Uh, I, I was sleeping at the light. I, I'd been killing it at the light all the way up until that final pass, and Andrew treed me on the light. And I would say if, if it wasn't for his converter failure, it may have been a totally different event, um, but uh, yeah, I, I never came off of the street tune, so I was prepared to go ahead and bump up to a bigger tune and spray it if we needed to. But I, I think Andrew uh, Andrew came out of the hole on a mission for sure. So are you thinking that just a couple mega cabs out on the out on the track that you don't have to worry about it or what? Like, what's the deal? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I knew the competition was going to be close. Uh, you know, it, everybody's right there. I think we had four pickups in the high tens on qualifying. That's crazy. Uh, you know, and Andrew, uh, Andrew was right there. He, he definitely treated me. It, it would have been a certainly a different story or a different outcome. Oh, that's impressive to say the least. Yeah, and so one of the other things that we came across was um, throughout the competition, those those little mistakes, those little breaks, they made a huge difference because they didn't shorten up the to a six-man bracket for the drag racing they kept it in an eight-man so we actually had a couple of guys get buys in the first round uh to where they didn't have to race anybody actually lucero mccain and darren dutton all in the first round just came up to the light and and rolled over the line they, they didn't really have to do anything which was nice uh it made it fast but i know there was definitely some heartbreak as we had to go from that and then head on up to the cone course what'd you think of that cone course <laughs> The cone course was a lot of fun, and uh, I think uh, out of my teammates sitting up on the hillside watching it, I think they said that was probably the most entertaining event to, to watch as well. Uh, you know, it's, it's definitely, it boils down to how you set yourself up and, and running the cone course. Uh, you know, I think that first stop box that I made, I, I set it up to where all I had to do was just back straight up into that long alley, and it ended up working phenomenally well for me. Yeah, that that was a, a crucial point there of of being able to set yourself up to do that long backing straightaway. Also, simple things, man. I felt so bad for Billy Hartzell, last one to go. The rain started right as they hit the air horn; it just started pouring on him, uh, and then he ended up missing a gate right at the end there. So his his run didn't count. Your run did count. Uh, Cone course, another first place for you. So that means all day Wednesday, the third day of the event. Uh, Richard Coker took first place three events back-to-back. And actually, I'm sorry, back that up because on Tuesday he took first place. So that's four events back-to-back-to-back just crushing it. Just, And that's why we did an interview with Jaron Holder at the beginning of the cone course. And he's like, man, Richard Coker's got this wrapped up. We'll see who gets second. And that (laughs) really, for the rest of the time, that's kind of what we thought. Which I think is good because if you were down to a points race and you had that sled pull performance literally doing a wheelie at the 100-foot mark, I don't know how well you would have pulled out. Hey, hey we can skip the sled pull discussion, right? <laughs> so with that comment, have you ever sled pulled prior? No, I have not. That is the very first time I've ever made a hook. And hindsight being 2020, we completely had the pickup set up wrong. 
Uh, if we had to do it over again, we would certainly not chain the front end. We would actually let it relax and do what it needs to do. I think that just absolutely killed us as, as it created a leverage point on the back and would continue just to lift the front tires. So what was going through your mind when uh, you're operating the truck and the truck starts wheel hopping and bucking and banging everywhere? Oh, uh, frustration like anybody else. Uh, I remember getting a little frustrated there at the end and tried to get another foot out of it, so I squeezed that, that stool jet and, and gave it hell, and, and it kind of perked up a little bit went into a wild ride. So as you said that, I know like you can't see my facial expression, but my jaw just dropped. The truck's bucking, banging, wheel hopping, and then you hit nitrous. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> It'll even itself out. We're there to have fun, right? Yeah, no. I mean, you already went through everything for you know the, the whole week. So, I mean, if the truck broke at this point, I mean, other than your pocketbook hurting, I mean, you did what you had to do. It, it was absolutely. absolutely. I was standing at the end of the track with the camera guys, and they're zooming in to like you know get the shots of this guy coming up the track, and you could just see like as soon as it starts bucking, it's just click 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 right <laughs> next to me. They're just they're firing off rapid <laughs> shots, and then they go back and they're showing them to me as he's unhooking from the sled, and they have a clear six inches of space between his wheel and the dirt. Oh, truck my. all the all the way off the ground. Uh, it, it looked like a rowdy rowdy good time. Uh, but hey, man, you know what? I, I didn't. I, I I never asked for the final results from the sled pole because we went to the award ceremony. We had a great time there, uh, and you were first place. We all knew that going in. What what's your plan for going back next year to defend the title? How much are you looking at changing this truck up uh, to make sure that you're competitive? What do you want to do different? Well, the first thing is to uh, actually go out and make a few hooks on a sled and and try to test a few different configurations. Um, but as far as changes to the pickup, it minor changes. Uh, we, we're probably going to swap the coilovers on the front. Um, maybe do a few cosmetic things so it doesn't look quite so bad when it's out there on camera. <laughs> but, uh, what do you mean? Uh, it's a daily I mean, drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it needs to be a little bit prettier, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it competed very well overall, so I don't think there's really any need to make any drastic changes. I dig it. What advice do you have for guys that want to do this challenge in the future? You know, if keep throwing a pickup in there. If you don't get the voting, you know, the first time, second time, third time, whatever it may be, keep giving it a shot. It's it's well worth the trip. And you know, just make sure that you have a a vehicle or a pickup that that you have ran for a while. Don't wait to the last minute and make tons of changes because then you go into an event where you're unprepared essentially because you have no idea how the pickup's going to respond in those scenarios uh you know knowing the pickup and and staying calm with it is is i would say the majority of the battle with every bit of it that's great advice man richard thank you so much congratulations again on being first place our diesel power challenge champion for 2019 who do you want to give a shout out to bud <laughs> my wife if it wasn't for her i can assure you i, I wouldn't be in the middle of any of this <laughs> she, uh, she, she lets me get away with murder with all the hobbies and stuff that we do so uh, i certainly appreciate it well that's awesome hey guys that's been richard coker our diesel power challenge winner uh we're going to be coming back doing some more interviews with some of the other competitors asking them how did it feel to lose to a duramax uh we we really love this so for today it's been paul wilson chris hemke thanks for listening the Diesel Performance Podcast is brought to you by Calibrated Power Solutions, home of DuramaxTuner.com. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped calibrations for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, 
including the Duramax, Cummins, PowerStroke, John Deere, Case, New Holland, and many more. For more information and great customer service, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. Well, you definitely weren't lucky spending the week with Paul, let me tell you. <laughs>